Section 9 of The Three Hours' Agony of Our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Three Hours' Agony of Our Lord Jesus Christ by Rev. Peter Gilday. Closing Discourse we suffer with him that we may be also glorified with him romans eight seventeen we have been suffering with him these three hours as the great apostle st paul tells us that we may all be one day glorified with him no one ever knew our divine lord better no one apart from his blessed mother ever loved christ more than st paul the apostle from the moment that the light of god struck him down on the road to damascus until his own death thirty years afterwards at rome one burning thought and one alone dominated his whole being and life an ardent love for the adorable person of jesus christ with an energy of will which was extraordinary even in those days of giant minds and giant souls and in spite of numerous infirmities of his body he succeeded in accomplishing more for the crucified master than all the other apostles from jerusalem to greece from athens to rome from rome to faraway spain and return this indefatigable laborer in the vineyard of god travelled back and forth preaching the gospel of jesus christ and him crucified thirty years of a perpetual martyrdom in shipwrecks and in perils in hunger and thirst in cold and nakedness thirty years of suffering like the thirty hidden years of his blessed lord spent for one cause and one alone to tell the children of all the generations to come that their only happiness in this world is in the contemplation of the passion and death of jesus christ the son of god upon the cross the cross is the one theme of all his teachings it is the one love of his great heart it is the silver thread which runs through all his epistles he is in very truth the apostle of the crucifixion he saw in prophetic vision how we should all be gathered together this sorrowing day around the cross of the crucified saviour and in his fine grand soul knew that all over the world the priests of god would be describing these scenes to their children scenes destined to bring home to their hearts the lessons of the death of christ upon the cross in order that they too like him might say with christ we are nailed to the cross and all our glory and all our joy here below is in the cross of jesus christ by whom the world is crucified to us and we to the world that one message from his writings sums up the whole of the agonizing tragedy we have been witnessing again this afternoon this day above all the days in the year ought to be passed in silence if any voice be heard it should be the voice of sobbing of weeping and wailing for we have lost him whom our souls loveth the cold dark tomb is enveloping him and with him are being buried all our joys in possessing him all our happiness in being his children a short forty hours from now and our hearts will be aglow with the glory of the peace of the resurrection morn but now sorrow broods over the world and over us and the voice of gladness is hushed in the land but even in our anguish we cannot be silent this is not a time to take refuge in any thought 
which will draw a veil over that cross. There Christ the Lord, God of heaven, is hanging, and the sublime meaning of that death the church is solemnizing today is too clear for any heart not to be touched and not to understand. We are joined today with him in the strongest bonds of sorrow. We are standing together with Mary and John on the hill of Calvary. There is darkness all around us, save the light of heaven shining from that dead face. There is no time now for reasoning. The most awful act in the drama of humanity has taken place, and it is not now that the mind can look and see and understand. It is the heart which must feel and sense and know in its better and higher way the scene which has been enacted before us. Thousands of times during the year that has gone have we looked upon our crucifix. Thousands of times have we seen the priests of God raise their anointed hands in the blessing of the cross. Thousands of times has that sign been made over the children of the church in the holy tribunal of penance, washing away their sins by virtue of the crucifixion of Christ. And thousands of times have the priests signed them with the very body and blood of Jesus Christ in giving them holy communion. All this has had its value and meaning. All this has prepared us for the lessons we have been drawing this good Friday afternoon, as the cross with its crucified body reigns supreme over the whole world. Gone now are the vestments of gold and silver. Gone now the blessed sacrament from its silken throne in the tabernacle. Hidden now the jeweled monstrance and ciborium. Silent the joyous songs and hymns of the church. Darkness rules the world as it did on the first Good Friday night. All else is still, save the broken hearts of Christ's faithful ones, who have been kneeling here together in spirit, listening to him speak to them again, as he once spoke to them on Calvary's hill. Sorrow reigns everywhere. Ah, yes, and yet in the very midst of that sorrow, from the summit of Calvary itself, the greatest lesson the blessed Christ teaches us is in the lesson of love. It is as though he would have us forget the awfulness of his sufferings, of his fall upon the ground, of the terrible nailing to the cross, and those three hours of agony, and would have us remember in this most dreadful moment of his life that even then one thought brooded on his divine heart, love for us. All during these three hours of pain, his broken, crucified heart has been thinking of us, pouring out upon our souls the fruits of his redemption, and blessing our lives with those imperishable gifts of love, of forgiveness, and of Mary, our Queen and Mother. The cruel nails and the crown of thorns and the hard wood of the cross have done their brutal work, and having accomplished his Father's will in all things, Jesus dies. Jesus is dead. The angels are whispering, and for a moment the world hangs breathless in anguish. Jesus is dead. The words ring like a battle cry into the courts of heaven, and the universe is shaken to its uttermost depths by his triumph. Jesus is dead, and God the Father for whom this sacrifice was made knows the consummation of Calvary. And the rocks are rent, and the graves are opened, the sky is darkened, thunder roars and lightnings blaze, and Jerusalem shivers with fright, while the horror-stricken people rush to their homes to hide from the all-seeing eye of him who alone realizes what his divine Son has done for the world. 
I, Jesus, is dead, and justice has been satisfied. Mercy has been let down like a flood upon the earth. And not to you, O Tyre and Sidon, not to you, O Bethsaida, if your God has died in vain for you. And not to you, who listen again this Good Friday, if the lesson of God's great love for you is lost and forgotten with tomorrow's rising sun. Can any heart hesitate to love Jesus wholly and entirely after all this suffering? Can any heart in the presence of this awful scene on Calvary's hill still harbor any lingering affection for sin or the occasion of sin, while Mary, his divinely given mother, stands by God's command at his door, knocking for entrance, in order to make that heart a more loyal son or a more loyal daughter of Jesus the Crucified? Can any heart in the vivid realization of that great pardon God has given us for our offenses against him leave this house of sorrow with ill will or hatred against his neighbor? The crucified Savior has been showering our souls with the best and holiest of his gifts, and gratitude and love demand that those hearts be swept and garnished now in the darkness of Calvary, in order that peace and brotherly affection reign there as king. Above the world from Calvary's hill, the cross stands as a solitary lighthouse for the wandering souls of men. That cross is our legacy, the sign of our salvation, the pledge of our ransom. O beauteous and glorious cross, more resplendent and wonderful with the blood of the divine Lamb, than if encrusted with the richest and most splendid jewels, thou wert the end of his exile, the beginning of his eternal reign the ladder of his entrance into glory. Thou alone in this world of riches art my heritage, for upon thee he died, poor and naked of all things, clinging only to the cruel nails and to thee. He left thee holy to his followers, to each one of us who loves him. I adore thee, O wood of the cross, on which my Saviour died. I embrace thee, I receive thee this day as my most precious treasure. More beautiful art thou than all the stars of heaven. Stronger art thou than all the powers of the world. Thou art my crown, my glory, my pearl of great price. On thee I wish to live, on thee I wish to die. Oh, if we but realize Calvary's sacrifice, if we but realize Christ's love for us, sin would disappear from our hearts, hatred would fade from our bosoms, and love for our fellow men be the spring of all our actions. Calvary was necessary for our salvation. Calvary's unspeakable pain, Calvary's crucifixion and death were necessary to teach us how immense God's love for us has been through all the ages, and how unfailing it will be till the end of time. Calvary's sorrow was necessary to teach us that the whole aim of our lives here below is love, love for Jesus crucified, and love for our fellow men, as St. Paul loved, with the consciousness that if we are valiant, if we sorrow bravely with him, God's own day will come when our souls will rise in their resurrection to be glorified with him for eternity. We are the sons and daughters of the Lord God who has just died for us, and heirs to the kingdom he has won for us. And as sons and daughters of God, our Father in heaven would not have us to be slaves 
in the bondage of sin during this sacred year which is just beginning this good friday night for us and slaves in bondage we never shall be if we but partake of the constant stream of graces which are being poured out of the gates of the kingdom of god upon a world that is parched and dried up with iniquity but from which the harvest of souls his angels and priests are reaping is just as great today as it ever has been in the past there will be going up to the throne of god's justice in the kingdom beyond the clouds every hour of this year until next good friday from one end of the world to the other the great petition of love the self-same sacrifice in which he is the high priest and victim as he was on calvary there will be countless souls consecrating themselves in love to him in the iron-bound anguish of a life of penance all over the world the lovers of the cross of christ will be trodden underfoot more than ever but it is not ours to hesitate in the conquest for the glory of his holy cross we are not to stop in the midst of the battle here below to question the plan or the policy of our leaders we are not to lay down our cross in despair because the lord god of hosts has not spelled out to us as fathers spell to their little ones the scene of that victorious triumph when the cross of the blessed christ will be seen in the heavens again and when every sin every insult and outrage every blasphemy and crime committed against him and his holy name will be avenged in letters of divine fire across the gates of hell that have never prevailed against him and if as we are struggling day by day against his enemies and against the enemies that throng outside the citadel of this holy temple in our breasts he has won for himself by his crucifixion if we cannot help feeling across our own shoulders the lashing whips of scorn and calumnies and lies those who hate the church wield upon the sacred body of his spouse as that black horrible yesternight in the dungeons of jerusalem their ancestors wielded upon him if we cannot help growing faint now and then under the heavy crosses every catholic heart must carry and carry with a gallant loyalty to the holy and ineffable name of our divine leader the remembrance of the glories that await us in the kingdom of god will strengthen our hearts with buoyant confidence in the victory of the cross of the son of god will gain one day before the last great amen has been sung by the hosts of his heavenly home in the section nine end of the three hours agony of our lord jesus christ by rev peter gilday